Welcome to episode 661 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 661 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan. So you, uh, so you got a, a brick there? A what? Okay, I have got my old <laughs> laptop today. I love it. He goes, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what it's, happened? It's a, it's a biggie, the old MacBook Pro. This is. Jeez, what was that, a 15-incher? Yeah, it's a good one. I do, I do like the screen size, but I don't like the weight. And, liking that thing and around. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty old, so it's a bit, bit on the slow side. Oh, well. Tip of the week, Bevan. Tip, Tip of the, the week. week. Tip of the week. Here we go. When you go walk out the door and you're wondering, why do I smell so sweaty? It's time to get rid of that T-shirt that you've been uh, thinking of about getting rid of for ages. So luckily, Bevan's, Bevan and I have about maybe two meters of separation. Stink, do, you? do you stink? This T-shirt needs to go in the bin when I get home today. Sometimes, you, yeah, you get that, eh? They just, after a period, yeah. you've stained it. Yeah. You have stained it. No amount of washing is going to get the smell out of this. You stained it. And uh, I'm talking pretty brought to you by Extreme Endurance. Uh, you lactic buffer. And our patron. name of you, Jumbo. Andrew, a night move seagull. Oh, he's got the night moves. Um, good old Rob the Greater Cummings. And Stuart Quantum Leap Mills. Oh, Stuart Mills. In this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic. We've got an age grouper of the week. We've got a coach's corner. What's on that, John? Uh, I think you've already answered one of their ones. Well, no, this is slightly different. We had a question around if I do a half Ironman, can I extrapolate that time out to, uh, to predict what I'm going to do for an Ironman? I did answer this question a few weeks ago around marathon pacing. Yeah. But we had some who was going to be doing Texas at the weekend and I hope for your sake that you did actually finish the race yeah. because uh, it got that soon. cut short uh, and then is going to do another an Ironman maybe in six to eight weeks. Uh, we also have uh, Wing of the Week. I don't know if we have any questions at the end but we'll kind of get to there when we get to John. We had Ironman South Africa. Thorsten sent through the results and I thought, Jesus, Hoffman killed it. I, I, as soon as I saw that, I thought, Thorsten, you're going to be thinking the same but thing how, that I thought. How was I to know? Oh, you should have been watching the live stream from the start to finish. So he did, he did get a fast time but there was a reason for that. There was a couple of reasons actually. So awesome performance and I've got to give big ups. To, uh, I, I didn't watch much of the coverage but of the coverage that I watched, it was outstanding. Really? Um, um, who, who was commentating? Well, they had Greg Welsh, and I, I love Greg Welsh, but the other guys I thought were better. Uh, and yeah, then Welsh brings something. Sorry, yeah, yeah, but the other guys were better. I, I can't. I, 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 it was a South African ex-athlete, and I'm guessing it might have been Raynard Tissink, but I was very much coming and going. Uh, and there was another fellow who I didn't didn't know. So the, the reason why I thought the coverage was good, and I did only watch a little bit, was uh, the commentators were good. Um, B, they were putting inserting quite a few interviews, and now I only watched the. Uh, parts of the swim and uh, part, just came and went a couple of times on the bike and then when they came off the, the bike uh, it was time to go to bed and uh, it's always interesting when you go to bed and you wake up in the rest of the morning <laughs> you wake up, no you wake up the next morning you go huh didn't really see that coming uh, you know, a lot of the names that were at the front uh, went out the back door not a lot but, but several uh, so yeah I thought they did a really good job they were giving regular updates there was a scrolling um, splits across the bottom uh, again only watched a bit but I thought it was really good Nice. So the reason why Ben Hoffman's time of 7.34.19 was so incredibly fast, but still not quite a, uh, a world record. What is the world record now? Well, it depends which, which, who you go by. Well, if we go to 247. Cha- you'll go to, go to um, 
uh, challenge rope record and whatever uh, Frodo has there, that is the record. So he swam 26.03, now the swim got shortened, uh, they, they were saying on the coverage it was going to be one mile but it appears that it might have been a bit longer than that. The reason it got shortened, uh, the swim was, was pretty rough, it wasn't like the waves really crashing in, it was just really choppy and we can maybe discuss that in a moment. Uh, he rode a 4.24, uh, it was a new course that they were using and I believe it was the reverse of the... 70.3 world champs and then he ran a 239.17 and like you Bevan I was going wowzers that's pretty fast across the board on the run but good old Monday course accuracy checker I even did the research myself this time but a few other people uh, chipped in as well yep. uh, from what I could see on Strava the run course uh, was pretty much 41 kilometres and we had Volker, Vol Volker the vascular Viking Voigt I confirmed the same from my friend Strava Ian Farrell who raced 176 178.6 on the bike and 41Ks on the, the run. Uh, Lynette Warren said uh, she saw somebody had 41K on the run and 178.5, so that's pretty consistent. And Brett Chan actually sent through and he said pretty much the same thing, 178.4 he had a mate doing it and then 40.84 on the run. But he was saying the swim was actually longer than 1,600. So he was well, saying the swim was about 2K. Yeah, you, you never, I never trust um, swim GPS files, yeah. but yeah, regardless... It was roughly half the distance when you look at these times, uh, maybe uh, half the duration, but it was it was pretty rough. Whether it was rough enough to go, we're not swimming the full distance, I'm kind of, have a bob each way on that because... Well, what's, the, what's the story? Because if you can, you can get in the water, you can get in the water, can't you? You can, and, and, and I kind of think about that rationale for, for good swimmers, but um, you've got to think... Again, we shouldn't be lowering this to the, 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 the slowest people in the race or the weakest people in the race. It's different when it's maybe a short course race or a half Ironman. I'd say just throw them in there and get the job done. Yep. But when you're out there for, say, an hour and a half to two hours in rough conditions, I don't know. I, I still think they should have had the full swim, but I kind of get it when you don't. What about the pros? Yeah, that's a good point. You what know? about you know, like the pros? They can handle this. Well, they should be able to. I get, I get, you know, that last quarter of the field, you know, you might be losing them, so maybe you do it. Mm. Maybe. Um, but for pros, come on. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a tricky one. But look, it looked rough, but it wasn't that bad. But when you see, when it looks rough on the TV, when you actually, as probably all of you guys know, when you're actually out there, it's like, wowzers, this is way harder than what it looks like on TV. Yep. So I'm not disputing that it would have been really, really tricky. And... But for me, that just adds to that extra bit of challenge. Well, it is the sport. Yeah, and I think you should be prepared for pretty much any conditions. So, yeah, I would have rather seen it, but I kind of get the point. Anyway, back to the racing. Ben Hoffman um, was had a fantastic race of the coverage when I saw. He was uh, he pushed to the front on the bike, coming off the bike. He maybe had, I think it was about a minute and a half lead, and then just looks like he just did a good, strong run and held off uh, um, Nils Filmhold for a six-minute victory. Uh, Michael Weiss got absolutely dealt to in the swim. Uh, he lost, you know, five minutes or so to the, the front swimmers. Uh, then he rode basically the same as Hoffman, a 4.24, and ran a 2.43 to come home in third. Uh, and Nico Lanos, you know, turning back the clock, still cranking it up there with some of the big guns. And he'd already qualified. He had, yeah. yeah. And Maurice Clavel was in fifth place. A few names that didn't go so well. Yeah, David McDonough, Bart yeah. Arnott's. Um, Bart Arnott's, uh, David McNamee must have had a bike issue because he rode a 452 and then came home with a 241. So yeah, ran well, swam wrong. well, bike must have been some sort of issue there. Bart Arnott's was um, just a bit slow across the board. 
thing is when you've got that kind of qualification ticket, pressure's off a little bit, you know, you've got to validate somewhere and uh, let's just wait and see if he can crank it up again in uh, October time, which I'm sure is his bigger focus. Uh, Tim Van Berkel didn't finish, Tim Don didn't finish, Kyle Buckingham didn't finish, nor did Patrick Nielsen, Alessandro Di Giuseppe. Um, so yeah, quite a few big names uh, did not complete the course and they have to move on. Also, James Carnema, um was only in 15th place. So. Interesting, I'm just on David McDonnell's Twitter and he's got some days in sport you used to receive an ass kicking, time to move forward. So <laughs> he's not making any excuses. No. Uh, yeah, no, no, he's, he's basically just saying bad day, I think. But good on him for running out of 241 when you're completely out of it and even if you do a fast run, you're that's still going to be kicking. out of it. Let's say it's not a mechanical, that's really down. Oh, he must, yeah. That must just have been feeling absolutely woeful. Because that's like 20, 30 minutes and at that level. Mm. You know, a guy who got top three in Kona, mm. you know, pretty interesting stuff. Now, Hoffman, he'll be pretty stoked because we saw him in Kona and he had to pull out of the race not long ago. What was it? Uh, it was a calf, was it, or something like that? He'd, well, he'd had, he'd had injury issues all year last year, I think, that stemmed from... Yeah, but he was training really well leading to Kona. He had to pull mm. out pretty close to the race. And, and we spoke to him at one of the functions that we went to and he was gutted because mm. he felt... I could be a contender. So it'd be nice for him just to get, you know, to reinforce that confidence, get back, fire it back up again. I don't know why, but I never put Hoffman in my big hitters list. It's and just, he should be, shouldn't he? He should be, because he's performed he's in Kona, and he's won major races like South Africa a few times, but I'm always just discounting him a little bit. I don't know if it's his persona. Um, it, you know, he goes out and races like he was racing off the front. It's not like he's a softy and just comes through on the run and just and takes it on the run. he's a complete athlete too. Yeah, so you I don't know, know what I don't know what what it is, um, but I just it's not that I don't rate him. It's just if I'm thinking right, do my picks for Kona, I'm probably not going to put him in my picks, and I don't know, not quite sure why. It's just weird. Your picks this year are going to be pretty interesting, aren't they? Mm. You know, because we've got a few guys who are you know like ah, oh, gotta love Kona. Okay, John, what happened on the girls' side of the race? Well, this is where it was also you know interesting because uh, and uh, no, no surprise, Lucy Charles was first out of the swim, um, and Lauren Brandon managed to keep up this time, which was good on her. Yep. And, but then more interestingly, they were riding together, and Lauren Brandon uh, was riding behind Lucy Charles. All the coverage that I saw was just riding behind her, not drafting. It was legal distance by the look of it. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I would have thought she'd get dropped pretty pretty quickly. And then I came back a bit later on, and Anya Berry. Or Anya took the lead. Uh, took the lead and five minutes on them. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, absolutely spanked it. So I was like, "That's not." Doesn't seem like the Lucy Charles we know to let somebody a pass her and b not hang on like we saw at the seventy point three champs last year with with Daniela Reef and what we've seen in Kona as well. Um, but Anya Berenik, um blew a gasket and, and ran a 3.24 to drop from first place off the bike to fifth place overall. So Lucy Charles did come through on the run, running a 2.59. So, you know, fairly similar to what she normally runs. You know, you chuck another four minutes onto that and it's a 3.03. So it's not a bad run, but it's not, um, you know, it's not getting into those mid-250s that I think she needs to well, be doing. Well, one of the girls at a 252, didn't she? Yeah, this, the... Well, here we go with this pronunciation. Garutz Frads Laralde from Espana. She ran 2.52. And then uh, Anna Watkinson ran a 2.55. Again, you've got, to, short, you've got to chuck four minutes onto that, but they're both sub-three-hour sub, sub three hour performances. So, um, 10 finishes in the females' field. They all get a paycheck. Good on them. It's a good price money. Yeah, 30K for the winner. That's, mm-hmm. that's a decent day at the office, isn't it? And $1,000 for 10th place. So... Yeah, yeah all the female competitors on oh, two didn't finish. Okay, so pretty much everyone who finished got some money. And the boys, 
Let's didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that I, I recalled when I was watching the coverage and I did go to bed, it was literally at the start of the, the run course, was Josh Amberger. And, and the difference between him running off the bike and Ben Hoffman, Ben Hoffman looked under control, just looked like he was settling in. Josh Amberger looked like he was absolutely drilling himself. Oh, really? And, uh, and he still had an okay run split. He ran 256, so let's call that three hours. But that's uh, not going to be troubling the scorers too much when he finishes in seventh place. But yeah, the difference in effort that I could see, uh, he was working pretty hard and he was in second place at the time. So pretty good racing. You know, it was a championship race. We had a quality field, um, good coverage. But the real shitter out of this race was there was uh, yeah, two, two deaths, deaths in the swim. Two, is that the first time we've had two deaths in a swim? That I can recall. Yeah, yeah he's pretty like like so sad, and we just feel for everyone who's you know loved ones of these people. Um, but tw- imagine imagine the poor event organisers as oh. well. She, I mean, we should we should be feeling sorry for obviously the families, but oh. from an event organisers' point of view, that's it's your just worst nightmare. Awful, isn't? It? Now you're saying uh, they actually went to hospital. Well, that's what I only saw one press release, and it, it sounded like they they got pulled from the swim, went to hospital, and then died later in hospital. So, you know, most of these deaths in the swim do seem to be heart related. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, horrific. Um, so, condolences to anybody wonder, that knows I those guys. How much of this is about just the stress of the swim. Mm. You know, because you think if you turn up to an Ironman, you've done your fitness. Now we know, you know, this debate about heart and endurance sport. Um, but you're not going. Most people aren't going hard in the swim, are they? No, but you'd have got that um, the that, beat up the, factor, the panic panic yeah. factor. Um, in this case, it's not like the water was freezing. I, I read it was, I think, eighteen degrees. So it's not like it's cold. It's not warm, but no. it's not, but not freezing. It it's fine. Uh, so I mean, we have talked to heart guys before. Yeah, a big part of this is it's a numbers game. You know, in terms of um, we've got so many more people doing the sport now. Uh, I wonder. This is a horrible thing to explore. In comparison to other sports, how are our death rates? Because where often do you hear other sports like rugby players dying? No, but I mean, let's compare it to a similar sort of sport. You know, marathon running maybe. Um, how often do you hear from marathon runners dying in a race? Well, I bet not many people would know that two people died in this event. No, no, no. That's and what so I mean. Like, I don't know. I'm just. It's, a, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because now it doesn't happen often. Mm. It, it's bloody horrible, man. I feel just it's one of those things. Where you just like you remember a while ago we had that bo- charity boxing match and that guy died. Mm. Now we had a charity boxing match in Christchurch. Well, it would be late last year. Um, you know, one of those ones where it's just jo- John fighting Bob down the road. John fighting jo- Bevan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I think I might take you in there. <laughs> I think you <laughs> I think would. You take me in a running race, but I'll probably just because I got a bit more muscle. But um, I got a bit more mongrel. <laughs> I come from Eddington. Um, but. Uh, and I know the guy who organised the event, mm. and it just it was horrible for him. Like no one goes into these things hoping, you know, and you, and you plan all the rest of it. And boxing is a bit more violent, so obviously there's a higher risk. But just I just felt so sorry for everyone involved, and so just thinking of everyone who's involved. It made in this. me think this morning. I was like, oh, should the should we be screened before we go into races, like ever ever medical or anything like that? And would that pick up any of these heart-related issues? You know, I know... What you know, level is, What would that do for screening? That's the thing. Like, if you, if you just go to your GP and do a basic fitness screening, would they pick up on any heart-related issues? Don't know. Um, if Obviously, if you went to the hospital and went through a full barrage of tests... But that's going to be the sport, isn't it? But then, yeah, I was just wondering, can this be avoided? Um, All our medical listeners, is there a device where you can get heart checked quickly at a race? Mm. Whereas they had a device, you, you know, hook up to it for 20 seconds... Mm. You know, that, that could be a part of the process. Um, it does seem 
probably a bit full on, but mm. um, it's just sad. It's sad for everyone involved. So just thinking of those people there. Uh, John, we did have a few 70.3 races and we had the big one, the Oceanside in California. And uh, do you want to do the girls or boys first? Um, we will do the females uh, absolute domination by Daniela Reef. Uh, she swam 24, rode 218 and ran at 122. 218. To win by five minutes. Now, Holly Lawrence had a okay performance in second place, but I did read she was feeling woeful on the bike. Okay, because Holly's the one who you go could take her, eh? Well, she's she's you one, know, of the, one of the one of the behind Danielle Reef. There's a, there's a handful, and she's she's right at the top of the picking order when she's fit. So it was interesting to read that her power was way down. So she was riding. Yes, she got spanked by seven minutes. If she'd been riding well, I still think she probably would have got spanked, but probably not by seven minutes. But yep. then maybe she wouldn't have run run quite as well. Uh, so Danielle Reef is just showing that uh, the hunger must still be there. This was a quality field. You had Ali Salthouse in third, Heather Jackson down in fifth, Sarah True sixth. That's it's, that's a big hitting field. So yeah. good on her, Daniela Reef. Who the hell is going to get even remotely close to her? Oh wait, if I pull up the age factor, I always look, love looking at the age. But the difference. How many more years has she got at this level? I don't know the difference. Like, and, and when do we see? Like, have we seen her best, or is it better in front of her? Yeah, the thing. The difference here is, you know, she's, she's only thirty-one. She's like Chrissy, and you're like, she's just going to crush everybody. But the difference with Chrissy, she didn't race that much. She did yeah. a few Ironmans. But Danielle Reef is just going on and on and on. Every race she goes to, pretty much, absolutely decimating the field. It's impressive to see. So she won first time world championship in 2015. She got second in 2014, didn't she? That was an amazing race. Where well, Carfrey ran yeah. 250 to run her down. Um, she's 31. So realistically, we could see another at least five years of her dominating. Yeah, it kind of depends where, you know, being a female, where life fits into all this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, you know, whether or not she wants to move on to other avenues. Um, we don't see yeah. her doing a Chrissy, but do we? We don't see her just one day saying, I'm out. Well, no, she's been a lifetime athlete, so that's a big difference. Yeah. Know, she's been through the ITU system, so she's, uh, yeah, she's living and breathing it. It's, uh, it's impressive. Ben Canute took out the men's race. Uh, impressive to see him winning races on the run. You know, you watch ITU stuff and you see him getting spanked. When you, you go to sort of 70.3 and when you don't have those real big hitters, you see that he's actually pretty bloody good runner uh he swam 21 rode 211 and ran a 112 to just hold off pretty Rudolf close race van berg yeah it was close on the run adam bowden came home with the fastest run split of the day 111 15 that's pretty smoking just fast go back to daniela based on your coaching experience when do you think we see her peak well, or have we seen her peak like like Conan last year well, i think she's in it right now you know so so you don't think there's any more gains? Well, then it comes down to conditions on the day. So can, yeah, totally can, she, go, can she go faster? Probably. Um, but I, I don't know. If you, just, you ask that question, if you ask that question of Chrissy each year, uh, you, know, you know, she, she came, seemed to get faster and faster every year. Difference with Daniela is she's been in the sport for a long, long time. Yeah, and she, so she's past that 10,000 hour rule that, you know, if we use that as a sort of a marker. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if she gets way faster but uh, with the right conditions and when you're 100% fit you know like well, we, we never know when she's when she's raced A whether she's gone to her limit B whether she's been in top top shape you know the time when we went to Rote she had a bad back and still won yeah. so you know if she has that perfect day I'm sure there's probably more in the tank and she, we can well, see well this year she got stung by jellyfish 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she, yeah. So but then again, you look at that race and you say it's a perfect day. Mm-hmm. But she was five minutes, lost five minutes or so on the swim. Yeah. So, so yeah. If the per- when when the preparation goes perfectly, when the day goes perfectly, when the conditions are perfect, Imagine God knows how fast. Yeah, and you've got competition. Well, she hasn't. And and I'll talk about. I'm going to talk about this next week. But I did a running race at the weekend, and for the first time in a long time, I had people around me running. Oh, it makes a difference. And oh, it's huge. So, and she doesn't have that. She going basically. See you later, alligator. Yeah. She sits in for a while and he goes, okay, I'm, I'm going to go now. Mm. And See you later, alligator. And that's when, if she's racing in a, against, with, in a men's field as well, or she catches up to some of the, you, I wouldn't say third tier men, but I'd say the, the, you know, the second tier men, then she can get dragged through. So, yeah, interesting times. We also had Challenge Salou, um, Peter Hemerick, who's a real up and coming 70.3 athlete, took that one out. On the female side, we had Judith. Cochrane from Spain taking that. Uh, we also had seventy point three in Texas. Now the thing here was yeah, it got cancelled during the race. Yeah, and it's this one sounded again sounded fair enough because around about five hours I had a guy racing and he did about five hours and he only got in by five minutes and then there was just this gigantic storm and it sounded from from what I can see it sounded pretty legit to, yeah. to quit can the race and people just shelter uh, ran for shelter but on the male side Andrew Starkowitz you gotta you got love that dude he just absolutely decimated them on the bike and still ran a good strong run oh, so there's a split here do you know what he, what he rode he rode under two hours, I know that, Jeez. and then his run was not that bad. Okay. You know, uh, a bit like Ironman New Zealand. Yeah, because he ran, what, three hours in New yeah. Zealand, didn't he? he didn't run yeah. crap there, and so Andrew Starkowitz took that out in front of a quality field, Matt Hansen and Matt Russell. Uh, on the female side, Jenny Seymour took it out in front of Leslie Smith and Jackie Herring. So I remember a funny story, I've probably told this on the show in the past, but um, Stuart, um, who won, he's Stuart local rider, he's, um, I've totally forgotten his name. Rode for years. He won the yep. Tour of Southland. Um, but he was telling me the Tour of Southland is New Zealand's big cycle tour. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a race. This is years ago, but he won it back in the day. Um, Stuart Lowe? Maybe? Yeah, Stuart Lowe. Yeah, Stuart mm-hmm. Lowe. That's a good, real nice guy. And a good, really good cyclist back in the day. And still, as an age group cyclist, is still a really strong cyclist. And they were doing the race, and the weather was so bad that the whole field decided to stop and hide under a tree. <laughs> and this is during the race. So yeah. they were basically, everyone pulled over, yeah. hid under a tree for like bloody half an hour, got back on the bike and did the race. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine yeah. they did that in the Tour de France. Uh, well, they have sometimes have mandatory stops in the Tour de France for trains crossing and things like that. Uh, that's pretty... What happens there? Like if, if, I'm, if I'm five minutes back, yeah. do I just get the advantage of the stop? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure on the ruling there. I think it gets neutralised, I think, and yeah, no, I'm not 100% sure. It's kind of like in racing car when they have a, a, a yellow flag. Yes. Yeah, and it pulls everyone back up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Ironman Switzerland is on the move, and it's interesting that they've done this. They've moved it away from Zurich, and they're going to a small town called, is it Thun? Thun, yeah. Thun. Um, and basically it's going from a population, of, so Zurich's about 400,000, kind of mm-hmm. size of Christchurch, uh, and it's going to a small town, which is maybe about 45,000 people. Um not really sure why, but they are going to be saying it's not the end of Zurich and Triathlon because they're going to have next year or in 2020, they're going to move into a multi-sports festival in Zurich starting in 2020. So it's interesting. It, it is interesting because you know remember a few years ago it was all about trying to bring big big places, bring the, the races to big cities. And so look, I'm in Switzerland, never been to the race. I've been to Zurich a couple of times. Switzerland's beautiful, you know. Really? They're, they're, these courses are, are, are stunning, and so I think the new course will be fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a shift. I, I would imagine it's either one of two things. You know, you could potentially be getting more money from the from the local, <clears throat> you know, um, 
councils and stuff to move the venue or not getting anything from Zurich but I would imagine more likely than not it's to do with traffic management and, and things like that and going to a smaller venue is, uh, easier to is easier to manage and you know smaller venues as we've seen in all sorts of places around the world doesn't mean that it works doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get any less spectators especially when it's close to other major centres as well so it's uh, well, I think it'll is, still be a good move this is 130 k's away from Zurich so it's only an hour and a half up the road um, but on that it's interesting that the regional manager of Ironman has said however the move will not be goodbye we are currently planning a multi-sports festival so I wonder what that means well they'll probably be around like a 5150 or something like that uh, I would imagine something I like wonder why, why, why they say sport not triathlon well, because then when you do a festival type one, you'll have a, a 51.50 maybe, a run. Uh, a run, a kids race, all that sort of stuff. Okay, mm. interesting stuff. But yeah, I'm interested to see if they are trying to expand maybe in ways we haven't seen. Uh, any other coming up races, John? We have got a couple of little races coming up. We have a hits race and we also have one of the iconic races in Japan. Oh, just, just sorry, back to Ironman Switzerland. It's one of the longest standing races uh, on the circuit. Yeah, so um, I think in Europe they were saying Lanzarote's number one and yep. that was number two. You'd say there's still, still a couple of non-branded races in terms of Almera and, and Roach that are that are equal, you know, older. But um, yeah, Switzerland's been around for a long time. So yeah, we've got Hits Napa Valley coming up this weekend and we've also got the strong man in Japan. We never give the um, the Japanese races too much attention, but that race, again, has Did been Ken around Brown for a long, year? long time. He either won that one ago. or another one. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the strong man one is we go from island to island. It looks like a cool venue. A lot of wind. It'll be good kind of training. Okay, we had this week's discussion, John. We had a good discussion this week. Got lots of answers. So the question was: If you are faced with a hard FTP, FTP, sorry, type bike workout, e.g., seven times five FTP, do you choose to do it on a trainer or outside? What's your tipping point, and why do you choose one over the other? Kefran is a trainer, but not with controlled resistance, where your trainer forces you to work uh, what you've set to. Having to worry about intersections, traffic, potholes, animals, wind is a pain in the ass, and sometimes you just need to, to shut your eyes and remember to breathe. Good old Joe Skipper. God, we haven't talked to Joe. We haven't talked for a while. A lot of people are saying safety on the trainer, but that's a vicious cycle, i.e. you can't control the bike as you're neither... Uh, ride one outside uh, so you feel it's dangerous and then you ride indoors more often which means your bike handling gets even worse there's far more to riding a bike than being able to sit on a constant power i ride on the roads all the time and i never feel like it's unsafe out there, so there couldn't agree with you more there joe yep. uh steve chamberlain ward the velodrome best of both worlds I've never really done any riding in a velodrome, and the one time that I did, shitting my pants. I swear, those banks are so steep. Was it, was it awesome or was it really just scary? Oh, just scary, especially when you're not on a, on a track bike. Uh, Why? Crap in my pants. Is a track bike more stable? Well, you, when, when you're on a track bike, you've got um, uh, fixed, uh, yep, fixed, wheel. fixed wheels, and uh, I'm pretty sure the cranks are shorter as well. But yeah, it's uh, it's a crapping experience. But if you're, did you just do it at Denton Park? Yeah, which is which is a very no, old school. It's not even that track. high, is it? You try riding around that. Oh no! But comparison to what they've got nowadays, no, no. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Phil Wilson's got. What's this outside you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> and then after Daniel Flannery, he's got Phil Edison, it's that magic place that food comes from. I've never been there, but I'm sure it's real. Good old <laughs> so. Nadine Flowerpower voice, definitely on the trainer. You can go full noise without having to worry about traffic, etc. And there is nothing worse than running out of road before you finish your interval, e.g. having to stop at lights or intersection. 
Michael Rand's got no lights, no cars, no time limits, indoors all the way for intervals, long rides and race simulations all outdoors unless uh, the sky is crying out loud. Matthew Bins, fortunate to be able to choose between trainer or a quiet 7k loop road 500 metres from my house. No traffic lights, good visibility uh, and three wide around, uh, three wide roundabouts. Weather is the only decision point for me. Good old Andrew Black's got Coach John will not be surprised by my answer. Trainer every time when there is something to focus on. I have too many bad habits and get distracted very easy on the road, so only ever want to do long, steady state rides on the road. This has been worse since being taken out by a car. Now every time a car passes too close or does something stupid in front of me, I just about have a heart attack, even though my accident was minor. Pretty sure the amount of mountain biking I do means that I have reasonable bikes handling skills, so not too worried about them needing to be honed in. Jeff Fitchfar, I hear the concerns, but I will choose outside anytime I can. I just love being outside. Picking a route that melds well with your intended workout is key. If weather or location forces inside, I'll do the assessment in open mode if a smart trainer versus an erg. So again, a couple of people have said there, when you're on a smart trainer, you can choose between doing an erg mode where it's going to force you to ride the exact watts, or you can do it in standard or open mode when the intervals are still showing up, but you've got to actually put the effort in to keep it even. So you've got to concentrate. What do you prefer? Um, I prefer a bit of both, to be honest, when I'm on a trainer, either or. Okay. Matthew Bin's got fortunately to be able to choose between a train trainer or a quiet 7k loop or a road 500 metres from my house. No traffic lights, good visibility and three wide roundabouts. Weather is the only decision point. David Dowdy, 100% outside unless the weather is not cooperating. I find it much easier to hit the targets. Mike Vaudier is going to say Vaudier. Vogler, Vogler, there you go, Mike Vogler. Uh, I don't have anywhere nearby that I could do those kind of sessions without interruptions, so indoors it is. And it's probably true for a lot of people, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So that's about, um, you want to do any other ones there, Bevan? Um, David Barrett, Barrett, trainer. <laughs> so you put a lot of thought into that one. So uh, your thoughts, John? I'm kind of with Joe Skipper on here. Now, we've got to put you know a few parameters on this. Uh, firstly, Bevan and I, where we live, it's pretty easy to go yeah. out and do, uh, especially the side of town we live on. We've got a choice of hills. We've got a choice of flats. Um, we, can, we live in a training paradise. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, so it's we've got an easy choice. Now, if safety is an issue, then you go, okay, that's fine. You just you choose a trainer pretty much every time. Um, but I do agree with Joe Skipper that it's a vicious cycle. It's the it's often the easier choice to just go, I'll jump on the trainer and and you get really a bit too wound up on focusing 100% on the numbers and if you're two watts out, you just, oh damn it. Um, where I think for most people, you need to be doing at least a good proportion of your intervals outside because the reality is you're racing outside and you've got to deal with all the crap that goes on. Now anything less than five minutes, I did kind of put five minutes in there because that's kind of a threshold for me. If it's less than five minutes, I'm probably a little bit more inclined to do it on the trainer. Mm. Five minutes or anything above five minutes, I definitely, if I have the choice, I would go out on the on the road. But you need to, bike handling skills, as Joe said, is really, really important. And just learning to, to deal with all the crap that you have to deal with on the road in terms of if the wind's a little bit harder, selecting different gears, whether you've got a tailwind, whether you've got a headwind, if you've got little bumps in the road, um, just tiny little inclines, you know, practicing changing your gears, keeping your, your power at the level you want to. So you may not get the, the most perfect power curve, um, 
but in terms of actually specificity and trying to get you ready for racing, then uh, a different story. And so, yeah, if safety's not a major, major issue, and of course in Christchurch, it's still elements of danger and we go out on the road every time and people get hit and stuff. My wife got angry the other day. Didn't she? Because they're in the roadworks San Columbus Street mm-hmm. by the florist and she was pretty narrow mm. and someone tried to overtake her <laughs> and, and she, I, I, she I yelled at them. Um, yeah. So. so, and the other thing that, get outside and try to get some fresh air. You know, it's... Wow, um, that's, that's true as well, isn't it? I think that's really the important. The health side of it. Yeah. yeah, and get some sun on your back, get some vitamin D into also, you. Also, I think, you know, you, you, you were talking a little bit before about how being around people when you race and running is really good for finding that next level. Mm. Now, I know this is different because it's not like you're trying to do a planned interval session, but cycle racing is interval training. You know what I mean? If you can do a short hour kind of cycle race in your local kind of group, like they have out at, out at Pebbleton, yeah, that kind of racing, it's not specific, but you, you, mm. it's good for your skills as well. Um, the other um, aspect for me as well is you sweat a hell of a lot less when you're outside. You don't get quite as hot. Uh, so again, all these little things. And, and for me, if I do, say, at least an hour and a half trainer session, it takes me longer to recover just because I've just got to work so hard to rehydrate as opposed to doing the same sort of session outside. So I'm not sitting here saying don't do any sessions on the trainer. I think the trainer is fantastic. And as a lot of people have have pointed out, you can focus really well. You just need to focus on hitting the numbers. So from a fitness perspective, it's, it's quite good. But I do think you really are missing out on a lot by not making the effort to get out on the road so that's my main message here get out on the road more often and uh and just deal with all the little stuff uh, the, the places i've lived in the world so obviously christchurch if you're not getting outside in christchurch i don't know what's wrong with you yeah. uh in hong kong i'd be doing most of my workouts on the trainer because uh it's just yeah you're riding on a bike path and you're zigzagging and swerving past people it's bloody it's an absolute nightmare so in those sort of and then i also lived in bristol in the uk and over there i'd probably if i was going back there this again this was 10 years ago or so uh i'd probably god it was more than 10 years ago probably more like yeah. 15 bloody yeah. hell uh, i'd probably try to do as much as i could on the road as well, well i think so, i think there's another aspect that we need to can look at here and it's that whole um sometimes you do need to do things that's mentally harder because mm. I think what also happens is a choice becomes easier. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I don't know, I'm not saying it's train or road, um, but sometimes it's like, you know what, I probably should go on the road. Oh, shit, the train is easier. Exactly agree. You know what I mean? And really what you're teaching yourself is a bit of mental softness there. And mm-hmm. and it's not that the train is not valuable, but at times you've got to go, I'm doing this actually because I'm trying to learn a bit of mental toughness about myself. Mm. And so you want to use those. If you know, if you're listening to this right now and you know you're using a trainer because fundamentally it's just a bit easier for you. You just need to walk in the garage, TV's set up, yeah. it's all go. You know, yeah, easy. you might be hitting your numbers, but are you going, mm. you know, whereas learning to come over adversity is, is you know like a race has that as well race you do need to stick to your numbers but you've got to deal with the moments where shit goes wrong and so I think there's just value in that kind of me having to do something difficult for myself so if you do identify with that maybe just kind of do it for that reason as well Jombo this week's discussion I've, I've made this one up because you had no discussion written down. I know I, d- I didn't and I remember that when I was biking up here uh-huh. through all the bike rides and the bloody traffic and uh-huh. not getting knocked off my bike he was so late I sent a text saying are you coming <laughs> Because John, John always cracks me up because he always says nothing worse than a late person and he's always late. And then so I actually just said to him, I sent him a text going, are you coming later? I haven't even looked at that text yet. <laughs> but here we go. It's pretty simple. You've just got to fill, complete this sentence, fill in the blank. S- success in triathlon is? 
Ben, when you're going deep here. The success in triathlon is, okay? So you just have to complete that sentence, whatever you feel the answer is. So, uh, John, you know me. I'm pretty deep. What are you doing? I'm getting ready for the next section of the show, Bevan. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, here we go. Well, oh, actually. So you go, go to Facebook. You know the story. That's for sweet discussion. Success in triathlon is dot, dot, dot. You can complete the sentence. John, sponsor. Extreme endurance. I'm ready. Sorry? Oh, I'm ready. What are you going to oh, do? Oh, no. I was, I'm actually getting ready for age group of the week. Oh, okay. Uh, extreme endurance. Bevan, I did a running race the weekend. What race did you do? It was a, a tight hat 15 kilometer running race. It's a classic Christchurch race, isn't it? It is. How many uh, people would do it? Not, not, not many. Really? No, not many at all. What? I should have stayed around. 300? Prize, no, nowhere near that many. Uh, I should have stayed around prize game. I reckon your odds at that one were getting good spot prize was, was quite high. What do they pay? It wasn't that much. It was like maybe 40 bucks or something like that. I can't remember. It wasn't, wasn't. I entered races. If I'm doing race, I enter it early because I always preach to everybody, yep. get your bloody entries in, yep. help the organiser out. But yeah, it wasn't, You're not a hypocrite, are you, wasn't, John? It wasn't onerous anyway. Anyway, um, why am I talking about that? It's because my legs, I, I ran extremely hard, ran extremely fast for me, fastest I've run in years. And uh, because of extreme endurance, that's one of the reasons why I think I performed well, but also the bounce back from the race is just awesome. So I only took the extreme endurance for maybe five days leading into the race, three, three tablets in the morning, three tablets afterwards. And yeah, this is 15Ks running as hard as you basically can. I suffer Badly from DOMS, uh, and especially when hard running races, very minimal muscular soreness. You're that's where you, to be honest, that's where you get sore legs, isn't it? A hard, yeah, yeah. a hard running race. Yeah, going and doing a, a triathlon. Oh, yes. Sorry, my phone. Yes, I might get some some sore legs, but from run, hard running races, I'm I'm crippled often for days. Yep. So massive impa- impact in terms of my recovery. So race was Sunday morning. Um, also helped that I did spin out there and spin spun home as well. But then Monday, back running today. Again, still some muscular fatigue there, uh, and I'm not going to train hard. I won't train putting in any sort of quality stuff until at least Wednesday or Thursday. But just the bounce back. And then I'm in a really important phase of training right now in terms of trying to get ready for uh, Kona 70.3. So for me to be able to bounce back, be training First day back and then mid to late week I'll be back to doing some forms of quality and by the next weekend I'll be 100% back to, to normal. If I had significant DOMS, you know, I would still be training but it would be like maybe Friday or Saturday before it really eases off and I feel like I can do some quality. So if you want, if you've, especially you guys, there's probably a lot of spring marathons starting to come up now with um, London and all those ones. Um, if you are looking for that little extra edge in terms of A, your performance and also B, your bounce back from that, check out xendurance.com or the European websites and get yourself recovered quickly. There we go. Xendurance.com is the place to go, guys. John Age Group of the Week. Now, you're pulling out the app, are you? Yep. What, what age group are we going, Bevan? I'm going to go female, 45 to 50, or around that age, whatever it is. 45 to 50. Yep. Interestingly, the 45 to 50, I'm just having a scan here, was slower than the 40 to 44 and slower than the 50 to 54. <laughs> so the winner was Victoria Hill. She oh, went 10. Michael's sister. <laughs> I heard an interview with him the other day. Pick it up. You heard an interview. No, I heard an interview with Michael Hill. Michael Hill, jeweler. So he's a guy in New Zealand who's a very successful businessman. Um, he started a jewellery company. And it was in Australia. I think it's very successful. Went to Canada and America. Well, the, the, one of the things, funny things that uh, was that I found interesting, he started a jewellery company in, in uh 
I think it was Hamilton or it was somewhere up in the north island. Because he worked for his uncle and his, 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 well, his that uncle. That was what I was yeah. about to say. He worked yeah. for his uncle and he, then he, he just, he, his house burnt down and he said, right, I'm making a change. I've got to do something with this. And he went to his uncle and said, I want to buy the business. His uncle said no. And he went and set up a store <laughs> literally the across the road yeah. uh, down the street and was massively successful. And he, he, he changed it from being like more of a jewellery style watch shop to actually being proper retail. Uh, but his father, no, his father, his, father, his uncle, would not go on that side of the street for the rest of his life. He wouldn't even cross the road. Oh, wow, he would it? walk all the way down the next block to cross the road to go just to not even get close to the place. Really? Yeah, it was interesting. Anyway. Um, He's pretty, well, I remember I used to be in a shear club. And, and, and all shear clubs, there's the guru. Yeah. And uh, Graham was his name. Graham was the guru. And Graham always said, put your money on Michael Hill. <laughs> and he was right, mate. The guy knew, but Michael was so successful at business and yeah, his shares just went always through, through the roof. Anyway, Victoria Hill is from Great Britain. She went 10.09. She's in the, won the 45 to 49 age group. She swam 38.41. Obviously, that was a bit short. What, what age group? 45 to 49. Is that 10, what I said? 10.09. Yeah, but add on half an hour for oh, the swim. Oh, of course. Yep. And a, a few minutes for the run. Uh, she rode 5.55, solid. Here we go. Here's a question for you. Ran, you. Hold on. Ran 3.26. So it's solid. Sub six-hour bike and uh, sub 3.30 run. Nice. What's her name? Victoria Hill. She's from Great Britain. Great work, Victoria. You rock. Hmm. Here's a question, John. Do you tell people that you're fast as I am at one? Like 20 years no. from now? No. No, you do not. <laughs> you do not. You would go. I guarantee some people will. Yeah, I went ten oh nine, but I need to add on thirty minutes. So I'd say uh, if that if that was your best performance either, I'd say yeah, I did about my best I could do was about ten thirty nine. Oh, so you can do that. You can add on thirty minutes. So I could say, but uh, yeah, that's an where is the threshold? Because now do you, you double your swim time or do you? Well, no. You, you, so she swam what? She swam thirty eight forty one. I'd say you add on half an hour just as a. Ballpark one, but here's the question for you: the run was clearly a kilometre short, and then let's say the swim was accurate. Do you say that's your best Ironman time, even though it's a kilometre well, short? I think you do. I think you do too. And Brett Chan actually said, if we go back to his feedback, he said that the transitions were about nearly 700 metres. They did look quite long. Yeah, so it's, 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 three seven was first, uh, 370 metres was the first one, three thirty was the second one. So you mm. could argue you kind of in the race have done your f- overall finish time is probably reflective of a full distance. Yes. But, you but uh, so you're saying it's okay. So you, okay, we're seeing some standards here. We're seeing some standards. So first of all, you're not allowed to say it's your fastest time because it's not a full Ironman race. Yes. But what you're allowed to do is tack on a time and say that's your. So let's say, what's her name again? Someone Hill. Oh, Victoria Hill. You. Victoria Hill. Victoria Hill. Let's say her previous best was an eleven and a half. Yeah. So you're saying she can now say her best is a ten thirty nine. Ten thirty nine ish. Okay. You gotta put you put the ish on the end. <laughs> okay, ten thirty nine ish. Yeah. It's like me saying I'm a sub. I'm, I mean, I'm a nine hour ish Iron Man. <laughs> well, yeah. no, no, five. That's nine hour ish. Yeah, 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 nine hour ish. I don't say sub nine. Yeah. There's a difference. There's a big difference mm. here. But nine hour ish. Mm. You know, the, the, the ish. Mm. Okay, well, we've got the John some use some rule of shortened courses. There you go. There we go. Okay, Jombo, let's do it. Three, Happy two, with one. the music. Oh, here's the music. Coach's Corner. John, we've got a question here from Anonymous. Because you, you didn't put the name in it. I accidentally didn't. So apologies to yeah, okay. Anonymous. Here we go. Here's a possible question for Coach's Corner. Last week, John mentioned that using data from a half Ironman effort for about six to eight weeks out from and prior to an Ironman to, how does it say that word? 
extrapolate. Extrapolate, yeah, extrapolate reasonable IM pacing, power, heart rate, etc. for a full distance race plan. Could he talk about how he uh, how to do that exp- exp- uh, extrapolation? Extrapolation, struggle with that word. Uh, is it just for the bike and run? Or for the swim too. What happens if the half course is dissimilar to the full? I'm doing Ironman or 70.3 Texas in Galveston on this weekend just been, so hopefully you had a good race, which will be flat and windy and apparently it's going to have really terrible weather. <laughs> uh, and then Ironman Boulder on the 6th of the 9th, which is probably June the 9th, yeah. uh, which will be rolling in altitude. Can a half distance data still be helpful in explaining... Uh, Extrapolating, we're extrapolating, and developing full distance race planning. A little background: I've done both races in the past, so familiar with the courses and condition. Thanks much. From somebody, from somebody. <laughs> so from somebody, I think you, in terms of using um, preparation races to predict your Ironman performance or pacing plan, or data, you can use it as a starting point. But this is, and that's the thing, this is where hopefully coaches come into handy. They can go, well, that, you know, that's what you did in the half and then they can do that extrapolation for you. But uh, you certainly can use it for a starting point for several of the factors. Now, if they're massively different courses, slightly different and different conditions, again, you've just got to add that into the mix. But let's assume, and I know that Texas isn't the same as Boulder, but let's assume that the main difference there is it's, uh, I know Boulder's a little bit hilly, um, but not crazy, so the altitude is one thing that you do need to, to factor in there and what impact that has on your heart rate and uh, and your running sort of pace. So, um, so a few, quite a few general and what have I got? what am I writing here, Bevan? Yeah, um, yeah so, so there's a few, few things here. Firstly, you've got to decide you know, where you're at in your build up, and your performance in a 70.3 doesn't always translate to what you can do in an Ironman. It's a bit like going and running a half marathon and then just going, I ran a 130 for a half, then I should be able to run XYZ for a full. If you don't go and do the specific training for the full, yeah. then you're not going to be able to do it. So you kind of need to just, just factor that into, into so your the training. So your training still needs to be reflective of a half. I mean, exactly. A full. Um, and also, you know, it can go the other way as well. You know, you might have done a half Ironman, and if you hadn't prepared specifically for that, you were just doing so long, just slow distance work, then you might not perform to the level that you're going to perform in your Ironman. So, again, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at here is, yes, you can use your half Ironman performances, but as a starting point. So, um, questions you need to ask yourself. Did you, this is by far the most important one. If you did Texas at the weekend and you raced really well, you know, it's about six to eight weeks out, um, did you race really, really well and did you race to your potential? Again, here we've got to assume you did. the answer is yes to that. If you race like rubbish and you exploded on the run or for some reason, then you've got to go back to the drawing board and figure it out. So let's assume that you did race well. The other thing is where are you at in your build-up? If you've done that race six to eight weeks out from your full, um, do you expect to see really big gains in your fitness between now and race day? And I'm going to assume the answer there is not massive. So if I put myself in that shoe, in those shoes there, if I was doing you know, when I did rote, we did. Um, Kona 70.3, which I think was about six weeks out or so, uh, and between there and rote, I, w- I would expect to. Small little gains, but nothing massive. You know, I was yep. pretty fit going into that first race. And then the final question you need to ask yourself is, did you get the nutrition well in terms of having the 
energy to, to, to run well. Um, so breaking it down into the different distances, swim, you can't really take your swim performance at a 70.3 and extrapolate that out. Part of the reason for that is half the time swim GPS is, is not accurate, swim courses are not accurate, um, the conditions are going to be quite different between race to race and also when you're actually doing the swim you can't actually, you're swimming by perceived effort I would hope that people aren't actually looking at their watches during swims. I wonder if people actually do that. Stop and actually look at their watches during swims. I, I hope not. people do. Yeah. I guarantee because people get distracted by anything nowadays. <laughs> if you've got data on your watch, you can check out. I guarantee people will go, yeah, and they're probably checking their texts. It is. That would do your head in, wouldn't you? Yeah, if you're in the pool, someone's checking their iWatch or whatever, yeah. and they're just, just, just responding to a text, that would be, you simply be doing a, a sub one minute, 100 meter. I've got a new watch. I'm going to talk about that further down the track once I get to grips with it. But it's got that texting function. It must have been default and things started popping. I was like, I'm going to throw this out the window <laughs> if, it, if I can't turn this off very quickly. And I, I did. So that was that was all good. Um, but I, w- I would say this is going to change in the future as we get more and more visual guides, you know, in terms of you can get the glasses these days with, with data showing up. And so I'd imagine that could be something that changes in the future is when you're swimming along, uh, you can have how fast you're swimming, distance, etc., showing up. In your goggle, but for now, don't, yeah, look, at, that, don't that, look at your devices. That will happen, won't it? Swim. Yeah, one day it was probably a while away, but mm. you know, Google Glass, well, that didn't really take off, but you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it'll be coming. Uh, so the bike is probably or the, even just talking in your ears, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, because you can use those waterproof earphones, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's and available. If they've got Bluetooth, now I'm not sure if Bluetooth works in water, but mm. um. If that could communicate with your watch and it could just give you, you know, talk to you, here's your, you know, you're running, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the bike is the area where most people like to have a bit of a, you know, estimation off their 70.3 or half Ironman performance. And so we're, we're assuming here that you ran really well off the bike and you, you paced the bike um, well. So normally that's going to mean you rode in the region of 80 to 85% of your FTP. If people don't know what FTP is, it's uh, basically the your one hour time maximum FTP effort time trial bike uh, performance and it's often estimated, people estimate it off a 20 minute time trial. So instead of, um, w- once you've done your half Ironman, instead of you know looking at your numbers based off your percentage of FTP, do it, do it the inverse way and so you go, okay, I rode pretty well there uh, and, I, and I ran really well off the bike. So I reckon I probably rode at you know, somewhere in that range of 80 to 85 percentage of FTP. So throw your FTP numbers out the window temporarily and go, okay, 85% um, of you know, so let, let's do an example here. So let's say you average 200 watts in your half Ironman performance. So that would mean that your estimated FTP based off that, if you rode at about 80 to 85%, is about 250 um, watts if you worked off 80%. Yep. Then if you want to extrapolate that out into an Ironman, then you'd say you know, most people are going to do an Ironman in the region of 70 to 75% of your FTP, um, then you can work out your numbers from there. So if, again, we use that example, you rode 200 watts in, uh, in a 70.3, that estimates your FTP to be around about 250 watts, um, then for an Ironman you'd say okay, 70 to 75% of that is about 175 to 180 watts. So then you'd basically go out and do your training at that level and uh, and see uh, see how it feels, see how your heart rate goes, 
do some really long key sessions and uh, and then have a look at what you've been able to hold in the in the past as well. If I do a slightly different example, higher numbers for myself, you know, I ride uh, half Ironmans when I'm in good shape at about 265 watts, which is um, that's at the higher end of the range for me. That's about 85% of my sort of FTP values, and then I ride. Uh, uh, Ironman at 235 watts which is about 75% so if you're a faster athlete you can normally sustain a higher percentage if you're mid to back of the packer then it's going to be a lower percentage um, heart rate you always need to factor that in especially when you're racing at altitude um, your heart rate might be responding quite differently and heart rate is massively variable from person to person um, in terms of when I'm racing a, an Ironman my heart rate's 135 the person next to me might be going at the same perceived effort and their heart rate might be 15 beats higher but in general and this is a big generalization your heart rate at Ironman should be around about 10 beats lower uh, on the bike than what it is at a 70.3 now that's going to vary a bit from person to person but if you're riding you know two or three beats lower than your 70.3 chances are you're riding a little bit too hard so ballpark 10 beats below um, but again, with boulder, altitude might affect your heart rate and uh, consequently affect your power as well. Uh, I suppose that is a factor, isn't it? Especially if you haven't trained in those kind of conditions. Mm. Just even just know, trying to figure out your numbers. Yeah, so there's, there's, I've, I've only once ever done a short course race at altitude and that was in 1996. Wow. Where was it? It was near Flagstaff, Arizona. It was the Mountain Man Triathlon. The Mountain Man Triathlon. Can't remember much if, except the other my other junior rival in the, in the team. We had a training camp up in Flagstaff and he whooped my ass in that race. What was his name? <laughs> Will Smith. Good old Will Smith. He went on to be an actor. He did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the run, uh, conditions are massively important to factor in here. So whether what you had in Texas, if that's just massively different to boulder then you can kind of use it as a guide but um yeah if, if it's very very hot conditions very different as i said altitude might also have an impact um as with the bike running heart rate ballpark should be around about 10 beats lower and what i would suggest generally doing with the run is really setting yourself with speed limits um, if you're not that experienced with this so an easy thing to do is if the run conditions are going to be somewhat similar use the jack daniels theory um, v dot which is quite good so you can take your 70.3 run split assuming the course is accurate and if it's not you need to round that up so if you did a a race and if it was like 400 meters or 440 yards short then for some people that's you know a couple of minutes you've got to add that into the time onto yep. your time before you actually do do this calculation so you could go right say I ran one hour 45 in the 70.3 then you plug that into a Jack Daniels formula and see what that's going to predict for your marathon time and then I'd round that up a little bit and say that's best case scenario so for yeah I haven't got a, a numbers example here Take your half marathon time in the 70.3, plug it into Jack Daniels, see what it predicts you can do for a marathon, round it up just a little bit and say that's best case scenario. I am not running faster than that for the first third of the run and then after that you can kind of just uh, see how the day's unfolding but it gives you that speed limit to make sure you don't cock your race up by going too fast uh, early on in the run. And if you do want to go back to a little period ago, I did a question and answer from Skip Slade around predicting your Ironman run time 
from uh, running a fresh marathon. You yep. can go back and listen to one of the shows. It was in, it was earlier this year. It was, yeah, it was in January. Ago. Well, no, February 9th was when he sent the question through, so it was probably mid-Feb. Okay, sweet. So there you go. So you can use what you did at Half Ironman as a starting point. Then you need to look at uh, previous data and uh, and set your plan up on that and go out there. You've got to get it right, but training. don't you? Because if you don't do the work around setting up the right plan, hmm. you know, you, you cock that up, you can really screw up your race. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what you've got to do is, yeah, use those numbers. Go, you know, in the examples I, I gave you, you go, okay, if I did 200 watts, then that predicts I should be able to do about 175 to 180 watts. You go out and you do some big training sessions at that power. You look at how your heart rate's responding, how you performed, and then you go back and look at, you've done these races before, how that actually matches up with, with what you've done in the in the race. So different horses for courses, and it also depends a lot, as I said before, on where your fitness levels and whether you're in a place where you can actually sustain that for a full Ironman compared to you know, a 70.3. Mm, different games. Okay, John, 321 website of the week. week. Good old Pim Vega from Amsterdam. She's in through a great website. Especially if you can speak French. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. I think we've actually had it in the past. We have. It's tryclear.com. Now, it's, it's, there's kind of lots of lots to the link. So I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, and it is basically, it's old school website. It's got Google ads from old school on it. Um, but what it has is just a, it's a, an index of triathlon racing going back to 1983. Now, admittedly, it doesn't really kick into a kind of early 90s with lots of races, but 1983, and it was funny because they sent the, Pim sent the email, uh, the email came through, and you could tell that, that Pim was watching the race because I got about four emails as, as a, oh, you got to get a 36, 33, because, <laughs> so. Um, it's, basically, fr- it's a French website, and, and it's dominated by f- uh, French races like uh, Embra Man, but it also has other things like Triathlon du Liverpool, uh, and it's, a, it's, it's basically copies of the Eurosport coverage, the Sport Plus coverage, the Canal Plus coverage, uh, and some really old school stuff. They've got the, the triathlons they used to run in uh, Bordeaux and the, the Velodrome, and those are classic, uh, where they swam in a pool inside the Velodrome, rode around the Velodrome, and then had a, a running track, and there's a great one of Brad Bevan running in, in bare feet. It's got um, old Alpe d'Huez events. It's got plenty of the really old Nice stuff from the 80s. Well, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching the Nice 83 right now, and Pim did say get about 36 minutes in, and Mark Allen, I think it's Mark Allen, but oh my God, he's falling over. Yeah. <laughs> look at this, look at this, look at that. Oh no. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Mark Allen. It's number one. No, no, he's, he's obviously in the league because it camera footage on him, but look at him, he's, he's in trouble. Yeah, it's Mark Allen. Ah. Oh. Jeez, you never saw Mark Allen like that, did you? No. Yeah, it's it's now it's a French commentary, so you probably it's one of those things that like, you like to have your wind trainer on. You might have some music on in the background because mm-hmm. you're not going to really understand the commentary. Now he obviously pulls himself together because now he's oh no, here's the second place coming coming to get him. <laughs> now who's that? One seven four. Oh yeah, so oh John, it's great stuff. There you go. So Mark Allen's just trying to walk to the finish line. No, I must have pulled out. Great podcasting. Oh, John, this is just, he's out. So he kind of 183. He must have won, because he won 10 years, didn't he? 11, I think. Yeah, wow. And he's, wow, young man there. Yeah. Oh, it's good footage, I guess, so you can check it out. Very good. We'll have a link. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. If you just go to the Try Clear website, it's quite hard to, if you don't speak French, to find the stuff. So to do go to the link on our website and you'll be able to hook it up. Wow. What did I mean? You know, like we've all heard the Mark story. 
But amazing that moment where everything shifts. Like, I know he killed Nice forever, but in Kona, just, just, you know, a moment where everything clicks. First time I heard that story, God, it was good. Oh, yeah. 20th time, not so good. He's pretty good at telling it. But the first time yeah. we interviewed, we've often told this, but first time we interviewed Mark Allen, he just did the speech that he does when he gets on stage. Yeah. So it was just copy, it was literally push, rewind, play. And we kind of found it hard, didn't we, that first interview we had with him? Because it was a bit like... Well, I heard the first, first time on Radio Sport in New Zealand and uh, and I was just sitting in the car, just driving down the supermarket and I had to sit in the car for ages listening yeah. to it. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, it is a brilliant story. Yeah. And then, uh, but then next few times we've had him on, he's been great. But um, but yeah, if you want to, if you are like John, you know, some videos when you're doing interval sessions because you're being weak and not going outside, <laughs> uh, you can... <laughs> you can uh, I've even got someone getting naked and that's what Pim was saying, his penises and everything in there. <laughs> it's all out. You know, back in the Europe in the 80s, they didn't care. It's just a body. Um, okay, Jombo, what do we got next here? Wang Wang of the week. Of the week. Who we got here? Give me a number between 1 and 100, believe in. Bevan? Oh, but 11. Believe in. I'm going to say 11 for a believe in. Number 11 on the rankings last week. Brett Johnson, Brett Johnson went 22 hours and 59 minutes. Uh, I've got to say, good old Arno Silikoff, he was up there. He was the overall winner. Brett Johnson, come on, interweb, do your stuff. He's from Will, uh, Willerton, Western Australia. I had somebody telling me I should go over and do Ironman Western Australia at some stage. They're moving back over there. And oh, Dave Scott won it. Did he? Well, I think. I better look up the results. Good old Brett. He, two days ago, he got second overall in the RTC run lap doing a 4.49. Uh, Brett is last week he did 22 hours, 59 minutes. He swam 3 hours, 12 Road, oops, huh. funnily enough, he's sitting in 11th place after one day this week as well. Oh, really? Yes, interesting. Consistent. Uh, he swam three hours 22, rode 15 hours and 11 minutes, and ran four hours and 26 minutes. So if you want to get part of our I Am Talk Strava group, just sign up to Strava. If you've got a smart device, it's really, really easy uh, because everything once you've set it up, everything just goes up there automatically. And if you want a bit of love from us, um, make sure your profile is public so we can see what's How going we do on. This? How about this week? We say next week it's going to be a person who gets 50th. Okay. So, we, so, so you can write it. that in, in the show notes. Oh, remember? You asked me number 50. Yeah. So can you be 50th for next week? Okay, John, there's no questions. So no we've got questions. no questions and no answers. So okay. let's get straight into the uh, the patrons. Let's name some patrons. We have Owen, the Sledgemaster Hughes. Good old Justin, the Snake Farley. And Stephen, the Storm Dead on us. I reckon you got that. I'll give that to you. Uh, jo- John, our uh, sponsor. Extreme Endurance. If you want to become a patron of the show, you just go to www.imtalk.me. It's all very obvious on the website. Uh, the more you donate, the more gifts you get, and you you obviously get more entries, don't you? Yes, you do. Yep. So you do the five dollars a week. You know, it's not five dollars a week. Five dollars a month. It's only a coffee a month, guys. Come dollar on. a dollar show, basically. Dollar a show. Uh, then you're you're in the draw. Uh, you do ten ten dollars a month. So that's Two coffees a month. It's for for the, for the hours of entertainment we give you guys, uh, and then you get a swim cap coming at twenty. You get a swim cap and an icebreaker. Awesome, I am talk branded yeah, uh, cool. beanie. So check it out. Okay, and uh, you can become a patron of the show if you want to get some coaching. Go to coachjohnnewsom.com. I've just got rid of my show notes somehow. Um, coachjohnnewsom.com. If you want to get, I actually interviewed Rio Nolan. All oh, right. Yeah. Do you know him? 
Uh, not personally, but I know. What I know. an interview. <laughs> oh, my God. I've, I get a lot of credit for being someone who's turned my life around. Yeah. I am nothing in comparison. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know part of his story. Oh, my God. Like, un- If you want to listen to an amazing story of someone turning their life around. Somewhat similar to... The guy who was in John jail. Mac- McAvoy, wasn't it? It was John McAvoy. I don't know. You're really good if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was right. Um, um, for the fellow who was in prison in the, in the UK and uh, has done fantastic things since. Like, like, like his dad was murdered at 12. <laughs> just his life. You, you just don't think, there's just no hope. Yeah. And, and like, oh my God. So he goes into foster homes and you think you're putting kids in foster homes is good stuff. The foster parents told him to go rob houses. Yeah, you know, and then and then he goes to the, the youth jail and he gets sexually abused by one of the leaders. Yeah. Like just everything about it is just horrific. Yeah. And then he turns his life around, and now he's just doing this really and became a pretty decent age group cyclist. Very good. Yeah, very good age yeah. group cyclist, local age group cyclist. Um, and now he's helping kids, and he's got a foundation. And he's raising money to help the kids like him mm. turn their life around. Man, what it's unbelievable! If you want to check out, just it was one of those ones where. I've I've got a good story, you know. People like my story, mm-hmm. um, and I've done well to be successful and help other people. But it's one of those ones where I was going, man, I need to sharpen up, <laughs> you know. Like it was, yeah. Check it out. So my podcast, Bevan James Isles, and I'm actually ch- updating my website this week, so you might get to see my new website. Um, at, at Bevan James Isles Show, it's pretty amazing interview. If you want to mm-hmm. check it out, uh, if you've got any content you want to send us, age group of the week, websites, questions, anything like that, just send them to IamTalkPodcast at gmail John. You gossip. What time did you do your racing? Uh, Wait, let me guess. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'm going to put my V dot so I can get a calculation here. I reckon you probably tried to sit on. Um, I reckon right now you probably tried to sit on 135, 335s. You're a clever man. Yes. No, no, you're a clever man in, th- in terms of thinking of my plan. Yes. Did you? Now, I'm going to say you actually went faster than. So I'm going to say you sat on 330. So let me go. Let go. I'm going to. Like, give me a second. Custom. Okay, custom 15K. Uh, 15 kilometers and I'm going to say you sat on 330s because you said you were around other athletes so they pulled you through to a level that you didn't think you could do not that you didn't think you could do but got you motivated so I reckon what happened was you ended up doing oh what happened there oh no oh I can't select, oh, select pace 330s 330s come on I was come on come on okay here we go and don't worry about time bang 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 I'm not sure if it doesn't let me do this calculate no, it doesn't let me do it. You're pretty close. You're very, very close, actually. I did average 330s. Oh, I nailed it! <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, and I'll talk about it. And your plan was 335s? Well, my plan was I'll be satisfied if I wasn't. I, I had a plan. Start there and give yourself something. I'm going to go, if I come out with this averaging 335s, I'll be okay with that. No, no, I'll be actually be really quite happy. Um, but I didn't, wasn't just going to, I wasn't running to pace. It was more, I'm going to run by feel. And if that's the result, that's good. If it's quicker, it's fantastic. If it's a bit slower, then it's not so good. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was a cool race. It was good conditions, um, bit of drizzle around. So it was nice and cool yep. and just sort of took off and was in this <clears throat> lead group straight away. A couple of guys, went, well, Brett Tinge went off the front and another fellow went off the front as well. They're running along. There's a pack of like seven or eight of us. And it was like a proper, I have not been in a proper running race. Really? God knows. Awesome. It was cool because you'd have somebody on the front and if they eased off slightly, somebody else would come around. And it was so like, it you're, you're in a proper, yeah. proper, you know, when you see the marathon marathon running, like the big groups of Kenyans and stuff like that. It was like, it was eight of us and it was just rotating around and people were just having a turn. And it was cool. And speaking to the guys did after it, the How race, did it feel? felt perfect. Uh, was so it hard? 
No, it felt So if you were doing on. solo at 135, it would have felt hard? 3.30, so to put it in perspective, I mean, I was, I did take it up quite a big level, but I've done a couple of park runs in the previous weeks, and I'd been about the same pace, so I was able to sustain what I'd done for 5k, 15ks, Um, part of that was people around me, but part of it I tapered and prepared properly for the race, so that was kind of cool, um, because... A, you got pulled along, you felt like you were in a race, and then the mental side of it, you didn't have to concentrate quite so hard. Yeah. Uh, so it was good. It was a really even pace, and all of us talking to after the afterwards said, oh, yeah, we're running along. I, th- I thought um, thought this isn't going to stick together, and we all stuck together until about 12Ks, and then everybody started so what you you know, do? <clears throat> making their moves. Well, so there was we, we took placings three through to nine. Yep. Guess what I placed I got? Three. I have faith in you. No, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a little bit soft towards the end <laughs> was it? Uh, because yeah it started to split up about 12k's and I wasn't slowing down but the others sort of sped up a little bit and um, where are the runners John? sorry? yeah it's pretty weak when I get ninth in a running race well, so. like Brett Brett's a great athlete but he's more of a triathlete nowadays no he's back to running now oh is he? yeah he's back to running okay. Okay. so anyway and, and then but even then, he's an older man now. Uh, he's pretty fast again now. He's is back he? down to close to 15 minutes, 5K. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. So he's, he's not okay, bad. He's back. Yep. So anyway, coming into that final stretch, you know, it was, things are spread out a bit, and I was at my limit. It's, you know, we, we, I had to jump up onto a curb, and you know when your legs completely buckle under you, you go, right, there's not much <laughs> left in the tank here. So, Whoa, I've just got to get to the finish line now. And then I knew there was two guys that were just behind me, and you turned into the school to finish, and you kind of did a loop around the rugby field, and... Uh, I just on didn't, the grass, yeah, on the grass, and they both took me in the like the last 20, 30 meters, and I was like, ah. Oh. Oh, but the thing is, it is mentally weak. It is an excuse. I was really pleased with my performance, and I didn't care that much about the placing, and okay. I didn't want to go to that. I can only go to that really deep level a few times, and in this race, was <clears> important? I didn't. I, just, I chose not to go there, which is weak. Yep, um, but it was a, it was weak. a conscious choice. Yeah. So overall, average three thirties. It was uh, it was I haven't run that fast since I did the marathon in Auckland in twenty ten. Wow! So uh, there's a bit of life in the old dog yet, and just pleasing that I've done post post your epic camp. What are you thinking? Are you, like, do you want to do a fast marathon again? Uh, I want to go to just some short fast stuff. So that's sort of loosely my plan. I haven't thought too much about it though. So the good thing for me though was I did Wanaka in February and raced well but the run executed well but I was shitty pace I wasn't happy with that and I'd already sort of loosely had it planned that I was going to do a bit of run block did a really good solid six weeks of running and did some proper some good speed work and uh, and it showed and it worked really well so I'm running wise well ahead of where I was before Kona because I did this race two years ago before the Kona 70.3 and I was uh, at least a minute quicker I think so Looking good. I've just got to get back onto back on top of the bike now. Back on top of the bike. Mm. This is what happens in Epic Camp. Oh, but you're racing first, yes. aren't you? Um, so good times. Any other goss? Uh, took my boy out for a mountain bike ride at the weekend. That's always good fun. Straight after go? the race, like an hour after the finish mm. of the race, uh, we went along the tops of the hills and down through the mountain bike park. Got myself some good. Oh, did you go through the park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's it like? Well, the track we go down is awesome. But where the trees have all been burnt down, it's not so good. Yep. Um, outside of that, Bevan, just getting back on top of things after the Sea Sky Challenge. What about yourself? We went to Wanaka. We took a crew of runners down. To, you know what? 
we had an amazing weekend for our runners because mm-hmm. you know what it's like as a coach you, you're kind of we take we take I think we had 60 something runners go to this race now normally when you go to a race you're going to get a third who kick ass majority who are kind of B mm-hmm. and then you get the odd you know, two or three who had a bad race and you've got to kind of talk them down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've got to you know, do that coach thing of, oh, you know, well, next time. Um, pretty much 90% of them hit their A goal. Nice. And maybe the rest of them got B. We had no bad race. Now, is this the downhill marathon? Yeah, it is. But like, yeah. like well, for example, we got Gareth. Last year he did 129. This year he did 122. Well, there you go. It's, it's, yeah. it's a like lot for like comparison. This, yeah. is, this is a great race because it's, it's 21 k's downhill. It's basically it? five minutes faster. Yeah, you know, but for, for people of our speed, you expect yeah. to go about five minutes faster. So there were people who were doing the first time, and when you, but even then, because we kind of know that it's about five minutes faster, people mm. were just, it's just one of those days, you know. We just, nice. yeah. So it was, that was, it was, it's a real buzz, isn't it? Like I had this other thing happen this week where I don't like to train people one on one. It's not something I do a lot of, mm-hmm. as in for sports coaching. Um, I, I prefer groups, so that's what I do. But um, I, one guy asked me to help train him for the cops, and he really wanted to get in ten fifteen. And we did a session about oh, a couple of weeks ago, about maybe four weeks ago, where I rode beside him and he got ten forty five, and he was what? Just what are you talking 2. about? Two point four. So he was just he's just recreational. Oh, guy, okay, you know? right. But he was be two point four. You and he basically get points depending on how fast you go for the cops. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted to get under ten fifteen. Is two point four the standard chasing distance they have to do for maybe, a maybe trainer? It is. Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to have to chase somebody for longer than two point four kilometers. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You always going to do. But he um. So when we caught up, and he killed himself. He was dying, and he had ten forty five, and that was probably really reflective of where he's at. But we kept pushing him. We trained him up for last month, and he pulled off for like a nine forty five. Nice. You know, and just. It's so cool when you help people achieve that breakthrough. Like mm-hmm. I love it. It's so rewarding. John, we've been watching a show. You, you're on Netflix. You've got Netflix, haven't you? Yeah. Have you watched Sex Education? No. Don't let your boy watch it. Right. <laughs> it's a, Well, how old your boy? He is uh, turning 12 this year. Yeah. Um, uh, probably needs to wait till he's 15. Yeah. So it's made out like a high school. Our friend Kate, she goes to us, Kate and Jeff, you know, Kate? Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, she watched it at Sex Education. They don't leave anything on the table. And oh, whatever. So we thought we'll watch it because we'd finished watching whatever we are watching. Um, started watching Sex Education. It is all on, John. <laughs> the first scene in this TV program is a girl riding a guy like, like yeah. it's porn. It's, yeah. it's basically porn. But it's not. It's yes, got the, you're, you're excited about this. Oh, it's a great show, John. It's a great, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it's equal opportunities, penis and everything in there. Yeah. Like it's all out there. Um, it's a very funny show. It's actually it's actually really good. But you, you think it's, because it kind of looked like it's targeted at kids or mm-hmm. teenagers. And I talked about it in my class last night. You get a lot of teenagers and they seem to be watching it. So Thomas probably will want to watch it soon. You may want to put... Not onto girls get, in that yet. Well, mm. it's coming around soon, John. Mm. It's coming around soon. It's coming around the mountain. Mm. So that's that's been my new... Are you into Game of Thrones? No. Oh, John, the world waits. Yeah. <laughs> the world, yeah. it's the Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we, the big screen, because it's, it's a big thing. Yeah. Come on, if you got into Game of Thrones. Have you watched it? Uh, we tried once or twice. Neither of us are real. We might give another crack. Everybody says, gotta watch it, gotta watch it. It delivers, John. Yeah, okay. It delivers. So this weekend, Sunday night at our house, big screen's coming down. Mm-hmm. And you know what we're doing in a, on Easter weekend? Eating Easter eggs. And your mum, God, she goes crazy with those Easter no, eggs. No, she's not. She's away. <laughs> so we don't have, and the kids are old now, so it doesn't matter. Well, we were going to go camping with the Haycocks and the Taylors. We were going to go camping because the Haycocks got a, but it turns out it's a disaster. So we're going to have a sleepover. 
Mm. Sleepover at our house. Adult sleepover. No, because it gets a bit weird. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no keys in our friendships. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to have uh, kids and kids and adult have a sleepover here. We're going to be a pyjama jam, John. Nice. Yeah. So it's looking forward to that. Pyjama jam. Kids get, adults will have to get drunk. Sounds good. Yeah. That's about it. Cool. Iron Russ. That's what John does do. He just says, <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> just, just, just wrap it up. Okay, what do you say, John? Iron Russ. I'm going to train hard. Train smart. Kick her.